Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Nicola Everett. Hello, thanks ever so much for downloading today's podcast. It's Wednesday, February the 7th. Coming up, we're here from the King's representative in Kent as His Majesty starts treatment for cancer. Plus, we've been to meet the Sheppey man who's turned his home into a wild west town. But first today, work on a business park in Medway could be paused as big name tenants, the likes of Netflix, for example, have failed to commit to the site. Now, the council have spent more than £11 million getting Innovation Park off the ground, but so far they haven't attracted any big businesses. The site is next to Rochester Airport. If you live in the area, you may well have seen it being built, and it's said to offer world-class research and development facilities. However, Labour bosses, who are now in charge of the authority because they won the local election in May last year, are carrying out a major review as they look to save money and balance their budget, something that we mentioned in the podcast earlier on in the week. Well, we've been getting reaction to the Innovation Park news in particular from Conservative Councillor George Perfect. He represents Raynham North. We've been very clear over the last 20 years under Conservative leadership of Medway Council that Medway Council faces difficult challenges every year in terms of setting its budget, uh, location-specific factors, um, along with high need for a number of our services means that the council will always face difficult decisions in terms of balancing uh, both the revenue and capital budgets to deliver for our residents. But obviously, uh, the, the the budget that was released, along with the SIFA report uh, and report from ADAS in terms of reviewing both uh, the financial and adult social care elements of the council makes um, for, you know, for, for, for challenging reading uh, for everyone. I think our initial observation is that look, we've got to we've got to go away and, and look at this. We've had, as you mentioned, over a thousand pages uh, to read. There's large scale capital costs involved, but also uh, there's a significant amount of, of of changes in terms of the revenue budgets, which we need we need to review. Um, and once we've had an opportunity to, to review those, we will present um, our full response to uh, full council at the budgetary meeting at the end of the month. Do you have any initial concerns about what you've seen so far in terms of whether uh, in terms of charging being increased, in terms of um, allocations of budgets of services being slashed? Are there anything that springs to mind that? Worry you as a councillor representing your constituents? Well, look, we've got to look at it all in the round. As I mentioned, there is significant spending uh, within within the papers. We've got uh, obviously significant spending on the council's headquarters, Gun Wharf. Uh, we've also got plans around the Innovation Park Medway, which obviously was an idea that the previous administration had spent significant time and resources on. Um, and of course, there's other other significant changes, including the removal of swimming. Um, and other sort of services that are provided uh, free of charge to residents, obviously, along with significant increases to fees and charges. We'll be looking at all of that, as I say, and looking at other parts of the budget in terms of what's being retained and what's being changed. And, and at the end of the month, provide our full response um, to that at that point. This situation with Medway Council didn't come about overnight, and this is a new administration do you not feel some responsibility uh, um, as, a, as a conservative group for the situation that Medway Council finds itself in with its finances? Well, no, but look, we've we've taken difficult decisions. And I think the SIPFA report references that. It talks about the quality of governance and leadership at Medway. And it's very complimentary about the way in which Medway Council has been run. 
I think the uh, you know there, there have been as you as you reference uh, significant challenges as I spoke about. We had children's services. We've, we invested records amounts into our children's services to ensure that we went from inadequate to good in four years, which required significant investment. And obviously, we had to provide uh, you know uh, services for our most vulnerable people during COVID. Um, so we, we've yeah we, we've been spending uh, you know amounts of money in order to ensure that the council. Uh, is able to effectively run good quality services. And, and I think we should be clear, Medway Council is a well, under our leadership, was a well-run authority as referenced by SIPFA. Um, but obviously we are very, very much aware at the at the challenges that there are around the budgetary position, um, as I've just previously outlined. Because one thing I noticed that you were concerned about earlier in this interview was um, um, Innovation Park being effectively mothballed by um, the council in this budget. This is something that you were... That, your administration was quite passionate about um, uh, and obviously there are now concerns that it's going to get scrapped altogether how does this make you feel well I think it, uh, we, we need just need to understand as I say I think there is there is a lot of um, both revenue and capital changes within the budget um, that we as I say we've only very recently ha had notice and sight of Innovation Park Medway when originally con con uh, conceived as an idea was really about driving opportunities for businesses uh, to come in, come into Medway and, and and be able to really thrive. So we want to understand why there are those challenges uh, around the delivery of that. What the administration has been doing uh, since May, um, and and sort of you know get get to the bottom of of really why they sort of see this as a project that 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 they, they want to sort of put, take a pause on. I think we did ask a question at the most recent council meeting actually on this, uh, where we didn't really get an answer from the portfolio holder. So we'll be looking at this very closely. And I know my colleague, uh, Phil Filmer, who leads our scrutiny team on, on, on Regen, um, will be looking into this because obviously we want to understand the, the potential implications of, of, of stopping that piece of work and where we sort of see our uh, delivery in terms of providing those regeneration opportunities will come if it's not at um, IPM. You can let us know what you think about the future of Innovation Park by commenting on the story at Kent Online. It is one of the most read so far today. Kent Online News. Next today, and the King's representative in Kent has told the podcast that everyone will have to step up as he receives treatment for cancer. It was revealed on Monday His Majesty has a form of the disease, meaning he's cancelled all planned engagements. However, he will still keep working, including meeting with the Prime Minister. Lord Lieutenant Lady Bella Colgrain has been speaking to Sophia Aiken. It's been a shock for everybody um, and I'm sure that we, we all send the King our, our best wishes for a speedy recovery. How have you seen the community reacting, um, reacting to this? We've seen it kind of all over the news. How have you sort of seen the local community um, where the royal family has a huge presence in Kent, doesn't it? It does. Um, and everyone gets very excited when we when we know that we've got a member of the royal family coming coming to the and I know that the king will be um, very sort of sad that he's that he's going to have to cancel a lot of the arrangements that he's already got in place to visit organizations which he, he loves going out and meeting people and saying thank you for all the wonderful work that, that, that people are doing, particularly in the voluntary sector. So it's going to be a while before he's able to get back to doing those kind of duties. So um, hopefully we here in the Kent Lieutenancy can pick up um, and go and visit. It's not, not the same thing, but um, mm. hopefully we can, we, can, we can do some of that work.
Yeah, as you say, he'll be pausing public appearances at this time. Um, how will that affect any of your duties as Lord Lieutenant? I don't think it'll it'll make that much difference at the moment. I mean, we all work, we're all going out and about all the time, um, um, visiting organisations and, and representing the King anyway. Um, it may well mean that that we'll we'll have to step up, as will I'm sure other members of the royal family, although they they all have very very full schedules already. But um, um, you know, people will be needing reassurance, I think. Um, but I think we should take comfort from the fact that he's continuing to work. I've just actually seen a seen a picture online of him leaving um, leaving um, leaving hospital with the Queen. He looks in very good spirits, and. Hopefully it has been caught early and we all know that early diagnosis is absolutely key to, 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 to a good, good outcome. But by the, you know, the fact that he's going to carry on doing his red boxes and meeting the, meeting the Prime Minister every week um, shows that he's got the, you know, it's, it's typical of the King, this dedication to duty um, and, you know, carrying on what, um, you know, the, the tradition of his mother, who, who who never stopped working right up until the last day. I've got some crime news next, and police still searching for a suspect following a chemical attack in South London have shared his details with Kent Police and Port Bosses in Dover. Abdulazedi is wanted after a woman and two children were injured in Clapham last Wednesday night. Meantime, a man arrested on suspicion of assisting an offender has been bailed. A woman who crashed her car into the front of a house in Maidstone after failing to stop for police has been fined and had nine points put on her licence. A court heard how Nicole Mamsunguina Ibuka lost control of the Audi in Farley Hill. The 23-year-old from Linley Close in the town admitted failing to stop, driving without due care and attention and driving without insurance. Meantime, a Folkestone driver has denied injuring his passenger in a crash near Ashford. It happened near the junction of Sparrow Hatch Lane and Surrendon Road in Pluckley last May. A 26-year-old who was behind the wheel of a Toyota Hilux has been in court and denied causing serious injury by dangerous driving. He's due to go on trial next year. A man has been sent to prison after pleading guilty to a string of shoplifting offences in Gravesend. The 48-year-old took more than £220 worth of groceries from Iceland and tried to take more than £140 worth of alcohol from Asda. He has no fixed address and has been sentenced to 42 weeks behind bars. And the former head of a horse racing betting syndicate from Medway has been charged over the alleged misuse of clients' money. Michael Stanley is accused of defrauding members of the group between 2013 and 2019. The 67-year-old from Resolution Close in Walderslade is due in court next month. Kent Online reports. We've got a special report to tell you about next because the man who heads up the team at Kent Police tasked with tracking down child abuse suspects has revealed how they're using sophisticated technology. Officers have seen a 10 to 15% year-on-year year increase in the hundreds of images that they investigate. Better tech means they're able to identify young people who were abused in the past and bring their perpetrators to justice. Well, DCI Sean Creed has been speaking to Kent Online's Chris Britcher. So for the online offenders, um, we have a, a dedicated team that consists of uh, nearly 50 officers and staff that work um, permanently on identifying uh, offenders um, against children online. They work with other agencies around the country, specifically the, the National Crime Agency, 
and link into organisations around the world to tackle online offending and abuse of children here in Kent. Obviously, it's you and your officers are going to come into contact with an awful lot of very unpleasant material. How do you personally and how do your team cope with that? We never underestimate the impact that um, seeing these images can have on people. Um, we have a really good welfare provision in place and we certainly all look out for each other. But I think what really keeps us motivated is knowing that we're making a difference, that we are actually having a, an impact uh, protecting children, identifying children that um, previously haven't been identified but were offended against in the past and bringing those offenders that would do this to children to justice. And just finally, for anyone who thinks they can evade you through viewing this sort of material or even, God forbid, committing uh, the, the abuse that leads to these images appearing online, what would be your, your message to them? Kent Police are um, heavily invested in tackling this form of criminality and we work tirelessly with our colleague forces around the UK, with the National Crime Agency and with agencies across the world that have access to the most up-to-date technology and industry experts. We also work with industry. So in short, um, there is no way that people are safe to do this kind of offending and um, we are only increasing our efforts to tackle offending and safeguard children um, day after day. And you can read Chris's special report today by heading to the website. Kent Online reports. The owner of a restaurant near Ashford says he has nothing to hide as he looks to turn around a zero-star hygiene rating. Inspectors found dirty fridges, rotten vegetables and insects in storerooms at Badger Indian Cuisine in Tenterden. Bosses say they've carried out a deep clean and made changes to improve and the rating has now been increased to three stars. Well, our reporter Chantal Weller has been speaking to Ab Abdul Kalam Azad Sutan, who runs the site. The first uh, visiting from the SSR and uh, what was the, his demand, and I, I did with the, my staff all his recommend, especially the cleaning size, everything was done straight away. So after two, three weeks, then we done the, all the other requirements as well. Every item we have put the level and minimum three days. We don't use more than three days anything. And if it is three days over, then we can throw it. And you can visit, you see there every freezer got a labeling the date, cooking date and expired date. We maintenance it. Also, we have a frozen food from the supplier. We have a proper seal. I have a staff meeting and I told them we are zero tolerance here to serve this food. So far, with the health concern, we haven't got any complaints since almost last more than 30 years. Nothing wrong goes here. But we have maintained the hygiening, what we require. And how do you feel now? Obviously, your food hygiene rating has gone up to three. Um, you're still pushing for that five stars. Yes, I'm, I'm, I'm not happy with this uh, rate at the moment because I, 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 I believe and I can get it the five because of what is my, my standard. And I already applied to revisit to the council and they can visit it again. I'm really uh, apologies to my customer for these bad things lastly. Now we are ready for you and I have got every facility for you and I'm trying to 100% nice, clean, 
everything to serve you. Five men in their 20s have been arrested after violence broke out in Dartford Town Centre. A witness reported seeing a big pool of blood outside McDonald's last night. Police and ambulance crews were called. Two of them were taken to hospital for treatment. Two young boys have been spotted playing near to live train tracks in Sittingbourne. If you head to Kent Online today, you can see the terrifying pictures. One of them is thought to be aged around just nine or ten, with the other about 13, and they were spotted at Kemsley last Sunday. Well, Transport Police have released those images to us in the hope that their parents can speak to them about exactly how dangerous it is. Bosses at Canterbury Cathedral have defended a decision to host a 90s silent disco. Hundreds of people are expected to attend events in the nave tomorrow night and Friday. Critics have described it as an alcohol fueled rave, but the Dean of Canterbury says they need to find a way to reach out to younger people. We'd like to know what you think today. You can also comment on the stories or leave us a message on our socials. Controversial plans to reroute a road in Hythe to make way for hundreds of holiday homes have been scrapped. The owners of the Imperial Hotel on the seafront have put forward proposals to turn the town's golf club into a lakeside tourist spot. Now, they had hoped to move a section of Prince's Parade, which, if you know the town, runs straight along the seafront. However, they are now looking at other options following a public consultation. And finally, today, before sport, we've been to meet the Sheppy Man, who's turned his home into a town from the Wild West. Stephen Smart has dedicated the last 25 years to building a saloon, jailhouse, bank and even an undertaker's in the garden of the property on Minster Road. He's named it Duke Ranch and it's become a bit of a local tourist attraction. Reporter Megan Carr went to meet him. Oh, I just had a fascination for the Wild West. Um, it started with country music um, and I wanted somewhere to go, basically. Um, and I, I built the town. I started with like little buildings um, and then the saloon and then it just took off from there. I mean, I'm not a carpenter. I just do it as I think it's going to be. Um, and it's, well, it's been here like 25 years, so it hasn't fallen down, so it's pretty cool, I would have thought. From the front, it looks good. I, th- I think it looks good. They, people say it looks good. And then <coughs> when they come, they knock the door and ask if they can take some photos. And then I'll say to them, well, if you want, you can come and look at the garden as well. So they do. And, well, they're just fascinated. They just can't believe that they're going into a garden which is built like this. It's not a normal garden. We've got um, the bank. We've got the livery. We've got the general store. We've got the undertakers. We've got the marshal's office. We've got the jailhouse. We've got the old shack. And then we've got the haberdashery. And then here in the saloon. I actually had, had my wedding reception down here. Uh, my daughter's uh, 16th. She had her party here. Um, and we, we just saw my wife's 50th. We had big parties and all that. And we have parties all the time in the summer. It's lovely, you know. And it's just somewhere to go, you know, rather than go out. It's a hobby. I mean, it's like somebody going to play golf, isn't it? They have to buy new clubs. Well, I have to buy a new roof. <laughs> and you can read Megan's report, see plenty of pictures and video at Kent Online. Kent Online Sports. Going to start with football and Maidstone United now know who they'll face in the fifth round of the FA Cup. They'll travel to take on championship side Coventry City, who beat Sheffield Wednesday in a fourth round replay last night. Our sports reporter Craig Tucker's been getting reaction from Maidstone United manager George Elakobi. Fantastic tie for us. Like I said, um, two massive clubs. Um, you know, I know the Sky Blues, you know, they, they, it's, a, it's a great stadium to play in. 
I've played a couple of times myself, so you know it's a, it's a brilliant, brilliant tie for us, and I don't think it's too far away from from Maidstone. Um, uh, but it's a, it's a great, it's a great football club, Coventry. Um, you know, where they playoffs contenders last season to, to go into the parade. So it's a, it's a fantastic, fantastic tie for us, to be honest. Um, and hopefully, when that time comes, we'll be ready for them. But it's just going to be a great occasion again for our football club, for our fans, our players, our owners, our community to go out and put on a good show um, against a, a fantastic championship side. Just in terms of preparations, it's nice to know who it is. You can sort of crack on if you, you, know, if you choose to. You can sort of crack on We're looking into them. Yeah, definitely. We're going to do, obviously, do our, our due diligence on, on them, show them every bit of respect they deserve. I'm sure they'll do the same with us. Um, but it's down to us to, to do that so we can, we can prepare our team right when that moment comes. Um, but again, it's good to always have that clarity. Um, in terms of who you're going to be coming up against because then we've got a scouting team um, to go out and, and see what they're about. So, you know, it's going to be work on both sides on the league and a little bit now on the FA Cup um, based on the opposition we're going to be coming up against. The game is later this month and will again be shown on TV. Staying with football and Dartford-based London City Lionesses are taking on Arsenal in the FA Women's League Cup later. England star Alessia Russo could feature for the visitors at Prince's Park. More than 3,000 tickets have been sold for the quarter-final match which kicks off at seven. We'll bring you details of the result in tomorrow's episode. And in tennis, Kent's Emma Rajakar is back in action at the Abu Dhabi Open today. She's taking on two-time Wimbledon finalist Ange Bour after beating Marie Boscova in straight sets on Monday. Well, that's all from us for today. Thanks ever so much for listening. Don't forget, you can follow us on Facebook, X, Instagram, TikTok and Threads. You can also get details on the top stories direct to your email each morning via the briefing. To sign up to that, you just need to head to kentonline.co.uk. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast.